Hey everybody, um, I did it. I officially started the first Facebook neighborhood fight in my community. Uh, if you remember episode 24, you're probably thinking it's because of that jackass chocolate lab that has tried to eat myself and family members over the last year, but I haven't seen that dog in forever. I hope it died of old age, right? I don't know and I don't care. Actually, I do care. That's the only dog I hate. Uh, but nope, this fight I started because of my drone. I'm your host, Dingram, and this is the new segment called Droning On uh, that I get to add to my eclectic podcast catalog. Let's start the show. All right, guys. So uh, maybe I didn't start this fight, but someone like me did, right? Uh, maybe someone who doesn't know the rules for drones. So I thought I would take a few minutes today and educate everyone uh, involved about drones and explain why this is such a big deal. The reason why it's a big deal and um, because drones and privacy are going to change in the near future. Uh, if you think you can outlaw drones, you are wrong, right? You're wrong because of Amazon. Yep, that phallic-shaped rocket-launching Jeff Amazon is in the mix, and he's throwing huge amounts of money to change the federal laws in order to use drones to deliver your packages, right? Listen, you may not like drones, but this is going to happen. If you think it could be avoided, you now sound like a person who thought the internet was a fad and that it would like never work out in the long run. Or uh, maybe a better comparison is that you don't understand cryptocurrency or blockchain or NFTs and so you just don't learn about it. And just like the internet, this is the future, man, and it's coming so fast. Unless you wanna start an Amish-like cult with me and invade Cuba, Listen up. I need to talk about drones with you all, right? So why do I care? Because I got a drone for Christmas. It's amazing. It records at 4K, 60 frames a second. I could sync it up to my iPad, and the views are just incredible. And it hits a whopping 89 mile an hour, right? And, like, so how exactly did this fight start? Let's get into it. So, someone in my community's Facebook group, hold on, you have a residential Facebook community group? Let's talk about that for a second. All right, fine. Yes, let's. Uh, so, I live in Marana, Arizona, right? It's a very prestigious area. Like, nah, I'm just kidding. But there's like 150 homes, and we're backed up to a mountain in a gated community. It's absolutely gorgeous. So... Uh, considering that the problem was brought up was privacy, I'm going to change the names of the three people who commented in the post. Let's change their names to like Tom, Dick, and Harry. <laughs> uh, hey, if you people listen to this, I could have called you Larry, Moe, and Curly. Not you, Shemp. You were never, ever in the running to be on that list. But Tom, Dick, and Harry. Okay. So, uh, Tom... Dick or Harry, I don't know, one of them, asked who's flying a drone around. I said, I fly drones around all the time. 
that's true. I fly weekly for about an hour once a week, right? That's my consistent flying. I plan on ramping that number up, uh, though, when I travel. But I don't know. I do know that I've already flown last year more hours than 50% of the pilots uh, to the world's comparison of pilots, according to my flight data I've logged with DJI. So I'm in the top 50. I'm going to try to break it into the top 10. I don't know how many hours I have to fly, but I'm going to try. So here comes the teaching part, right? To start off, the FAA has a lot of rules and regulations regarding drones. I mean, first, all drones between 0.55 pounds and 55 pounds has to be registered with the FAA. That makes sense, right? Uh, they need to know how many drones are out there and who owns what. So how is this tracked like right now today? A sticker, <laughs> that's it, with an individualized number is placed on the outside of the drone. If you find that drone, you find the number, and then you track it back to the individual. That's how it's tracked today. But how is this going to be tracked in the future? All drones starting September 16th of 2023, I had to look that date up, will have to transmit a unique identification through, through code through a common radio frequency. So in theory, you will be able to, in the future, point your phone at a drone and know what number which can then be tracked back to the owner. That's pretty cool. Um, the information that has to be transmitted from the drone, right, is actually uh, the serial number of the broadcast module, so whatever. An indication of the drone's Latin long and geometric altitude and velocity. So we're saying GPS, height, and speed right and an indication of the gps altitude of the drone's takeoff location and a time mark right so that's going to make a lot of people happy i'm not a fan of it like due to it transmitting my gps location of where i launch from only because i launch from my house in my backyard right so in a couple years anyone in Everyone will be able to access this info because it will be transmitted through Bluetooth or Wi-Fi and readily accessible. I guess I kind of prefer this method because I don't have to keep a log of it because it's a local broadcast method. So it means once I land, that information is just gone forever, right? I don't have to log it anywhere because it's actually going to be transmitted from the drone and from my remote control. So as soon as I shut it off, it stops transmitting interesting but that's a big change that doesn't come for three years it's kind of funny my drone actually has the capability to do that right now but when you ask dji like when they're going to kick that in they just say yeah on that date of september 16 2023 and it's like whoa why oh man i said three years that's coming up a lot faster isn't it anyway so it's like why isn't that happening and they're like yeah because we don't have to so why would we do it? <laughs> but I told you, this stuff is changing. And I know um, I know you're like, it's annoying. Like, I don't like it. Well, tough. It's going to change. But, um, I mean, especially if you hate drones, you'll be able to look up and say, I now know who that person is and where they took off from. So I guess I'll go fight them in the yard. I don't know. Uh, but this is going to allow you to know exactly who's operating the drone. Here's why I'm kind of thinking that this is like not the way it should be done and why it might go away within the future. 
because how would you like it if your car transmitted a signal that said where your current location was, where you last parked, and where you own your home at, right? Um, here's why I don't like that. <laughs> hey, uh, sorry, boss, uh, I'm late. I had a flat, flat tire. Well, actually, Tom, your uh, vehicle data says, says that you parked at Starbucks and you didn't park at your house last night. You were at the, the pub. No, I don't know, whatever. See, it's probably a violation of your privacy if you did that, but you want that for drones. But great, let's just open up that can of worms, everyone. That's a, that's a really good decision. As of right now, drones are just like cars. So I, I have a driver's license, so I'm registered as a recreational drone pilot. That's, that's normal. I put a sticker on my uh, drone on the outside, or I put a um, license plate on the back of my, on the back of my vehicle. I know they're not exactly comparative, but that's kind of the way I feel about it right now. So. Let's talk about that rec recreational how I talked about. Like, what are the operating levels, right? The lowest bar is a recreational pilot status. Like, it's not hard to register and get your recreational status. It costs 50 bucks, and uh, you only have to do it once. <coughs> Recovering from COVID, sorry. Um, uh, what did I say? You do it 50 bucks, and you only have to do it once because you're allowed to fly any of your drones like you own under a pilot a, a single pilot number so that same number goes on doesn't matter if you have a thousand drones that all goes on you, you're only one pilot you could only fly one at a time right so um they were originally planning to charge five dollars per drone but apparently people thought that that would like they're going to own multiple drones and they didn't want to pay per drone. So they just created like that flat $50. It just made sense to them. But so the next step up, that is the commercial pilots. And for the commercial pilots, they have to register each drone individually and that costs them five bucks. So I guess they looked at Jeff Amazon Bezos and thought that he will have to one day register millions of drones in the future and they didn't want to miss out on that chatter baby we're talking huge numbers in the millions right uh old jeffrey is gonna either have to pay a team of people to register a million drones <laughs> pay a minimum wage and uh five bucks a drone or he's gonna like do some backdoor deal with the faa to register all his drones at once and like some massive data dump I'm telling you, he may be changing this like tiny little baby industry in huge ways, and we really just don't know. But as I mentioned before, the next step up was the commercial pilot. So an FAA Part 107 commercial drone pilot, that's what that's called, right? That is anyone who takes money for flying drones is required to have the FAA Part 107 commercial drone pilot license, right? Um, it kind of goes deeper than that. Like, if not just if you took money for it, but like if you uh, record a video or take a picture or whatever for notoriety, like 
if I uh, recorded my kid's soccer game or if I recorded a wedding or anything like that, the person would need a commercial license. Now, I'm not talking just a picture here and there of the sunset, like whatever, that's fine. It's the difference between as a recreational pilot, I am flying for fun. And a commercial pilot is I'm flying either to uh, get something out of it, whether that be monetary, recognition, whatever. I mean, I even heard a story about a guy who just records like aerials, just aerial views and of just beautiful landscapes and everything. And he put them on YouTube for fun. Right, but he ended up turning on ads and ad revenue and using it to buy more drones and batteries. When the FAA found out about it, they said he needed a commercial license because he received money from his actions. Right, these people don't mess around with the rules. It's like, man, it's like they're a federal government agency or something, right? So it's because the FAA has placed so many rules on drones already that local governments don't really step in and try to add additional regulations. I mean, there are a few that usually just add a simple, like, don't fly around this airport, don't fly around this park, because, like, but when it comes to the airports, duh, that's already a controlled airspace zone and didn't, like, that didn't even need to be said, right? Since I mentioned airspace, let's bring that up real quick. There are different levels, right? There's uncontrolled airspace, controlled, restricted, and a secret exemption called I do what I want. (laughs) I'll explain that one in the end because it's real. It isn't real, but it kind of does. It kind of exists. So the lowest level that I brought up was uh, uncontrolled airspace. That kind of means rural. (laughs) Like, not really. It just means uh, that the geographical location is remote from anything like airports, flight paths for takeoff and landing. Um, It's not in uh, a federal park. Um, I mean, it just kind of, etc. It's just open space. You look up and you're very, very unlikely to ever have an airplane cross in that area or be around that area so uh okay so the next step up above that is controlled airspace like that means you have to get permission to fly here right the faa was like not wanting to do this for drones so they actually created a stupid super easy way to gain access through um, the LANCE. Um, well, okay, the L-A-A-N-C, but everybody pronounces it as LANCE. That stands for the Low Altitude Authorization and Notification Capability. That is a mouthful. So what LANCE does here, all right? Um, also, real quick, there's like 10 apps that do LANCE automatically, right? You just say, hey, I want to do this, and I'm Am I going to interfere with anything? You send it to the FAA. It looks at some computer system, whatever, looks at it, registers it, says, nope, okay, automatic approval, right? And then they update the FAA computers. Now, why is that important? Uh, Duh, air traffic controllers, that's why. So they, they have to know what people are doing out there, and they don't want to just 
have to sit there and review manually every single stupid request to take off for 20 minutes. You know, the statistical probability of two objects in the air striking are astronomically low. Has it happened? Probably. But I mean, now that they have like these like impact avoidance technology and anyway, whatever. Let's go back to the restricted airspace or uh, the next step is the restricted airspace. And you will actually find out it's not really restricted. <laughs> it just means that you have to fill out a legit form, send it to the FAA and wait for approval. Right. Like sometimes you could end up just like calling the tower if it's a small enough or uh, not busy tower. And you could just say, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is my location. Am I clear? Clear to go. Right. Um, but don't get me wrong. There are some legit locations that are really, really restricted military zones. Um, but I mean, that's not even entirely true as well because like uh, I don't know I could never fly around a nuclear reactor right because it's restricted airspace but let's say if I was hired by the power plant to perform an aerial inspection of the property like then I can but I would need a really 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 good reason in order to do that but if the company hires you it's not really restricted anymore because the purpose of it was that well hey we just don't want people in this area unless they're affiliated with us so i mean that makes sense um oh <coughs> no joke covid uh this is my last day of quarantine so by the time i post this it's going to be like four days later so i've been out of quarantine for four days whoop, whoop. all right uh the do what I, I do what i want exemption right not many people at all get this exemption right i'm with the fire department and we have a drone program right emergency organization organizations can file like for this and it is insanely insanely difficult like it is very thorough piece of paperwork that basically says in the event of an emergency we're going to launch our drone like whenever wherever and however we have to in order to save lives right um, our organization actually has one of these on file, right? And there are so many rules that we exceed in order just to be able to get to do this, right? Um, like, let's say, so one rule we have is that pilots are trained and certified in part 107. Like I talked about that earlier and the, the rules say, our rules say that we will operate under 107, their, their licensing, unless we don't want to. <laughs> no, no, no. Unless, <laughs> like, nah. We, it's not that we don't want to abide by the 107 if possible. It's just, okay, here's an example. Like, you can't fly a drone at night like a normal person. Under a 107, you can right but you have to have another observer you have to put a strobe on it and everything so with the strobe we were like well what kind of strobe should we get like just a strobe no how about a strobe that can be seen from three miles away right i mean that's how we meet that rule and then we exceed that rule right <clears throat> 
and I mean this has happened let's say a train derails and we need to launch to see the extent of the damage right like we'll just do it and then file the paperwork with the FAA later and we'll say hey we did this just so you know or uh, let's say we fly into restricted airspace all the time see I said earlier, most federal parks are usually restricted airspace. Actually, I think I said that they were controlled, but most federal parks are actually restricted airspace uh, due to keeping that area quiet for guests and the animals in, that live there, right? But we will just fly straight in and look for a lost hiker. Uh, we'll deliver them a water bottle and a radio so we can begin to communicate with them right our biggest drone at the fire department could actually carry an eight pound payload <laughs> that's almost a gallon of water like that's that's amazing right um but i mean because of all these rules and regulations like our oversight committee is a chief like and he has a pilot's license and i'm not talking a 107 pilot's license i'm talking he owns his own airplane and is a legit pilot so if he could fly that he could touch teach a whole bunch of us to fly a little drone right so <coughs> covid so really that is the i do what i want rule i mean it's better titled like we do what we have to to save lives rule but it is what it is so not a lot of people can will ever ever get that exemption because of how strenuous it is and how i mean it's ridiculous to to obtain that so all right back to the basics so really it comes down to i think what people have a problem with is privacy like everyone's concerned about it you know i'm concerned about it right and it's no one's taken the time though that speaks about it to actually look up the rules in regards to the drone laws right like in a comment that was actually deleted later from the facebook group a lady chimed in with like they have to fly at a certain height above properties or they're trespassing <laughs> nope that's wrong right absolutely false so now back up there are height limitations in all of those levels of rules right for all of those uh flight areas uncontrolled controlled and restricted but i mean it's it's a big deal but let's just talk about for a recreational flyer right so just for funsies right when they fly their limit is 400 feet agl right that's that's 400 feet above ground level See, the FAA can't just like step in and say you have to fly at a certain max altitude or a bottom altitude because that doesn't work all the way across the world. So hypothetical, if I could only fly to a 400 foot altitude, I would have to go fly at the ocean and I could only go up 400 feet because, I mean, Tucson's altitude comes in at ranges roughly about 2,389 feet. And that varies wildly. Like I'm talking about Mount Lemmon is way out of that 2,000 foot range, right? So the max flight height is actually determined by the AGL, that above ground level. So if I'm flying over a road, I could be like 
400 feet above that. And if I'm directly over a structure, I could be 400 feet, <laughs> like up to a certain altitude, right? So once you get like your 107, you could be uh, four, hundreds of feet above the item in which you're flying over. So if I was going to inspect a building, like I could be several hundred feet above that building, right? But anyway, they can't like you can't regulate a like a ceiling height because elevation like everything's just different but anyway and you can't regulate to say you have to be a certain distance above properties either like it, i mean in order to make that fantasy happen i would only be allowed to take off and land like i i wouldn't be allowed to take off and land behind my backyard right or in my backyard because i would have to take off and instantly be above like some predetermined number and i mean that doesn't even take into account people that are flying recreationally uh some of them uh race these drones for funsies and if you do it for fun then you don't have to have a license for it and you could fly those inside buildings i mean you're taking a lot of risk of wrecking your drone but that's up to you right and you're probably not rocking an expensive drone now if the faa were to regulate that and say no you have to be a hundred feet above structures well you you can't do that because i want to race inside a structure so they just stay out of it. They just let it kind of take care of itself. But all right. <coughs> privacy, right? When it comes to the government violating your privacy, there are court cases involving those laws. Like there's one, I can't think of the police department, they, but they were using a drone while executing a search warrant and um, or they were collecting crimes uh, collecting information on criminal activities in order to obtain a search warrant. And the judge was like, no, 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 no. You have to have a search warrant in order to put a drone above someone's property if you're looking for crimes, <laughs> right? Um, and when the judge isn't really like familiar with drones, like they bring their own drone and show it to the judge. And I'm talking some of these drones fold up into your hand and are like just rubber stamped easily approved because they're like oh you're just putting a little tiny plastic size like brick sized piece of plastic in the sky that goes and like that's it go for it we don't care go ahead and collect your data that's fine right um i mean occasionally though there are sometimes that judges will actually put minimum heights on like the on the drones or say like what their like telescopic lens is like allowed to zoom in at right but but that's all to protect your expectation to privacy and ensure the government isn't violating your constitutional rights so that means a police department can never just fly a drone through a neighborhood and try to find like a, a speeding car it doesn't work like that or they can't just fly it over your backyard and be like, oh, that house has pot. Let's go. Let's go arrest them. Like they don't get to do that. 
because of that expectation of privacy. Now, here is something that none of my neighbors are going to like, right? And this is straight up law that came from when I was working with the city of Tucson. Um, if you have a backyard view fence, there is no, there is zero expectation of privacy in your backyard. So sorry to the Tom, Dick, and Harry. Like, you're going to have a rough time convincing a judge that your privacy was violated when anyone can see into your yard. Like, that's that's just the law. I get that it's like, oh, you saw above my block wall. I built a eight-foot block wall, and you violated it by looking over it. Like, maybe? I, I don't know. That's up to a judge to decide, but... I mean, you put something in the air 400 feet, you can see a lot of everything, right? Well, another topic that, uh, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry brought up, TD&H uh, brought up was that, I mean, the drone stopped and hovered over people. Okay, so it's very clear that a drone is not allowed to fly over a group of people. That's stated everywhere, right? But there's kind of a problem with that statement, a group of people. Okay, so the rules like are identifying like a drone flying over stadiums, sports events, large crowds of people, groups of people. So what defines a group of people? Well, if you just go straight to the definition and I look this one up for you. A, and I quote, a number of people or things that are located close together or are considered or classed together. So with that said, should a pilot ever like, okay, a pilot should never, ever, ever fly over a person, either in a group or solo, right? It's unacceptable, right? But we have to think about the FAA's thought process on this, right? They fly airplanes over people on every takeoff and landing millions of times, right? So obviously they're concerned about civilians and a general population when it comes to these drones, right? Because just no, you cannot fly it over groups of people. Duh. Okay. TD&H, another thing that Tom, Dick, and Harry mentioned was like the stop and hover was creepy. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, there's so many reasons to stop your drone, uh, to regain control, to check your altitude, your, your AGL, to, to check how much battery you have. Like there's so many reasons, adjust your camera angle, um, and especially if you're a brand new pilot and you're adjusting the controls, learning to fly. And I mean, the farther my drone moves away from my house, the higher I actually have to raise my drone in the air to like maintain a, a VLOS. And that's an abbreviation. VLOS is a uh, visual line of sight that comes up in the test a lot. <laughs> um, a drone pilot, like as of right now, all drone pilots have to keep their eyes on the drone while flying. But like, here's a secret. 
uh, one time, I have flown my drone as far as it would reach. Like, I wanted to check it out. The thing went 7,000 feet away <laughs> before I lost connection with it, right? I'm never going to do that again. But, like, now that I know that I was breaking rule number one, like, my bad. Okay, but it was brand new. And it's hard to, like, not try to – you get a new toy and you just want to push it to the limits. And, like, also I – should clarify <laughs> don't make fun of me i have a two thousand dollar drone right like this is not some cheap toy right i don't know what drone they saw stopping and hovering and flying over someone's house or whatever creeper but like mine is such an amazing piece of machinery and it has all the safety functions right my controller has like a oh crap button. If I push that button, it immediately stops and hovers, right? It also has like the return to home function, meaning that if the battery hits 30%, 30% or around like four minutes of flight time, it automatically flies back to where it was launched from and lands. Like, it's amazing. Like, I also have forward and underside laser distance recognition so it doesn't crash into stuff right like this joke this drone is no joke and it's it's not even the top of the line <laughs> that's <coughs> that's what's amazing about this covid that it's it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't build it myself, and it's not at the bottom of the list, but it's it's so incredible, right? Um, I mean, in comparison, like our drone at the department has a FLIR camera on it, and if you don't know, that's a forward-looking infrared, right? That allows us to see at night, and it allows us to see thermal, like, yeah, you fly the thing during large-scale fires, and we get to see all the hot spots, right? I mean, like I said, these things are absolutely amazing, and I want to be in at, like, the early adoption stage. Like, I don't want to be a naysayer. I want to be, like, in on this future tech. And I get it. You all know I want to pause technology. <laughs> start my cult and we could all take over cuba and live peacefully but man drones are just coming i i can't think of any way to stop it like um and personally i could think of one time i was actually stopped and hovered over with the drone uh this is when i lived in vegas i was just digging a ditch on a property that uh, i actually signed a non-disclosure agreement on but what i can say is this place was absolutely massive it was uh we were building a server farm like where people rent server space for fifty thousand dollars a month i'm talking like banks and huge super expensive businesses whatever that need absolute security over their servers and 24 7 365 access i mean probably not allowed to say this they had three power distribution systems right they had 
fiber optic cable that wrapped both ways around the building in case one of them got shredded they would have immediate switch over to a second loop like this place was absolutely incredible but anyway i was digging a ditch doing some underground and like the head i know he's the head of security he flew the thing over the property constantly with his drone right and <laughs> although i wasn't there when he put it full speed into a concrete wall <laughs> i heard that that was pretty funny though they had a new one of those drones the next week right that place had insane money right i guess i guess i do understand like the it's a creepy feeling that drones stopped and hovered over me and like but i don't stop and hover over people i do kind of i don't know when i see kids in the street like kids always wave at the drone all of them always always and they're adorable right <coughs> i don't know i'm trying to think of any more interesting things i could share about these drones to like help you understand where this technology is at or where it's going right um oh duh um, so I talked about uh, VLOS, uh, Visual Line of Sight. They're they're actually currently working on the Beyond Visual Line of Sight, right? So the FAA has a couple companies that are doing this because like they're forming this like specialty committee to regulate it and everything. But it's definitely going to incorporate AI into the mix, right? In order to keep everything safe and. I don't know that's that is way out in the future but i guarantee it's because like amazon is they have to deliver your toothpaste somehow people and if they could do that with drones they're absolutely going to you order something and they drop off a package to you and i don't know 20 minutes that holy cow they're gonna rule the world all right i gotta wrap this thing up um i don't know what apps do i use how about that i mentioned that a little bit uh so like before you fly i use that uh, i also use aloft or at least i have that downloaded uh before you fly is an app to check the airspace regulations like exactly where you are like it tells you like if you're in that uncontrolled controlled restricted airspace right like when i took the drone to my mom's house i want to show it off and everything i pull up that app her pull up her address it looks at my gps and it tells me uncontrolled go for it so fantastic but let's say if uh or also i actually didn't mention um temporary cautions so uh if like the president's um, airplane is coming in, they put in like a temporary restriction and everything. And the app before you fly would show me that directly. They would let me know that there's a temporary, um, you know, controlled or restricted airspace. But let's say if I went to my mom's house and I pulled that up and I said I was in controlled airspace, like what would I do? I would jump over to my Aloft app which is incorporated into the Lance program that I spoke about earlier. So like I haven't needed to use it, but if I found out I was in a controlled airspace, I pull up that app, uh, fill out my information. What are you going to do? Recreational flight, 400 feet, blah, 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 and hit send. 
and then they could either approve or deny. Now they could approve with stipulations to say, hey, please don't go over 320 feet, and there's my new thing. Okay, I could fly with a 320 AGL, like above ground level. Okay, so it's not completely exclusionary. It's just I'm letting the FAA know what I'm doing, and I'm requesting if it's safe. And then they say yes or no. That's it, and it's really automatic. That's it. So, I mean, that's what we have going on for drones, like, right now. I I just, I can't believe what's going to be in the future. And as far as being a pilot, I'm pretty excited about it. Because these drones are absolutely amazing pieces of technology. And I will not allow them in my cult. No. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. I hope you like that I get to drone on and on and on. Um, I don't know. I hope to talk about drones more as things change. All right. Goodbye, everybody.